My name is Dana Dovey, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. On Shriver. Snyder with scores. Now it's Mike Pinnell scores. Hands off for Rabel. Switches hands and scores. Kylie Elmiller showing off those shifty skills. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson. Dovey moves in. Shot. It finds the back of the net. It's a goal. Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk, the voice of Pro Lacrosse. I'm Hutton, he's Adam, and together we're bringing you interviews with your favorite players and coaches, as well as news from all four professional lacrosse leagues. All right, we're here with Dana Doby, assistant coach at Loyola University and 2019 WPLL champion and all-star with the Brave. Dana, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it is just me today because Adam is currently covering the Chesapeake Bayhawks championship celebration, but he sends his regards. Um, he actually helps run the clock at Loyola home games, and he's bummed he couldn't uh, be here for the interview, but he's uh, looking forward to maybe you know chatting with you in person at some of those Lo- Loyola home games this spring. Oh, that sounds great. I hope he celebrates for the two of us while he's up there then. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so, Dana, you're a native of Ontario, Canada. Uh, you come from a pretty big lacrosse family. But uh, who first gave you a stick, and when did you start playing? Yeah, I'm from a, a big lacrosse family. Um, part of my family is, is in the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame. Everyone knows my second cousin, Dane Doby, who plays in the NLL, who had an incredible season. Um, so it was really one of those things that was not a stereotype. Everyone grows up in Canada playing ice hockey and I certainly did, but being a part of a lacrosse family, it runs in our blood. And I have an older brother, Jason, who's three years older than I am. And he was an absolute stud lacrosse player growing up. So everything he did, I followed right behind and, and I'm really fortunate that he took the time to, uh, you know, be patient with me and, and teach his little sister everything he knew. That's awesome, yeah, and we're certainly looking forward to watching the Roughnecks uh, try to repeat uh, this year in the NLL. Um, but after, you know, growing up in Canada, you took your uh, talents to Ohio University, um, where you played for two years, and, uh, you know, you overcame a few injuries and eventually made your way to Maryland, where you finished your career as the NCAA's all-time leader in draw controls with 334, uh, and you also set the NCAA single-season record for draw controls with 126 during the 2008 season. Uh, but talk me through your starting your career at Ohio, overcoming some of those injuries, and then finishing your career with the Terps. Yeah, for sure. So I, I started playing lacrosse when I was four year old, four years old um, in a boys' box lacrosse league for the Fergus Thistles. So for me, I had no idea that there was even women's lacrosse out there, let alone the opportunity to play in university and to earn a lacrosse scholarship. So um, when I was a junior, September 1st, my junior year, we call it uh, grade 11. I got a phone call from Kate Brew from the Ohio Bobcats, just letting me know that she was interested in and in looking to have me come play for Ohio and, mm-hmm. and go to school. And I had had some Canadian senior players uh, ahead of me who I really, really looked up to who wore that jersey. And, you know, I just felt so honored to have that opportunity to go to Ohio and, and start my college career. Um, and once I got there, incredible team, amazing teammates. It was such a fun school. Um, but this was before professional lacrosse. And, and all we really had after our four years of college was an opportunity to play for your country if you were lucky. So I really looked at that four years as, you know, the best four years of, of my college career. And I wanted to make the most of it. So like you said, after some some tough injuries in my freshman and sophomore year, I actually redshirted my junior year and had bilateral ankle surgery. So reconstructed both of my ankles, redshirted, um, and made the decision that I wanted to just take a, take a look at what else was out there and looking to transfer. And I made that decision the summer of 
my junior after my junior year, and I was down to University of Maryland, where Cindy Timshaw was coaching, and Denver University, where Kathy Reese and Jen Adams were were actually out there, um, and made the, the decision to, to go to Denver and play for them. And the next thing we know, the both both of them got the job at Maryland, so was able to make a, a quick decision to transfer to the University of Maryland, and I got my dream school with the best coaches I could have asked for and, and better teammates that I didn't even know um, were, were out there. So I, I feel very fortunate that my worlds collided and I was able to transfer and, and be a Terp. Yeah, no, you certainly had a phenomenal career, and you know, and then you followed uh, Jen Adams eventually uh, to Loyola, uh, where she's head coach, and you're now an assistant. Um, so, what has it been like learning from one of the greats in the game, and you know, coaching the Greyhounds at Loyola? Yeah, it's been it's been an amazing experience. I, I played my junior world championship here in Towson, Maryland, um, my senior year of high school, and I can remember after one of my games. Uh, going up to Jen who was in the stands and, and asking for an autograph. And, you know, I introduced myself and she was like, Dana, I know, I know who you are. I just, <laughs> I just watched team Canada play. And, you know, I was just like so starstruck and, and got the autograph and got my picture taken. And then fast forward three years later, I'm now playing for her at the university of Maryland and um, then getting the opportunity to coach with her after I graduated. So, you know, she's such a inspiration to myself and, and so many lacrosse players out there and, and just such a great role model. And, um, you know, I'm still learning something new every day, whether that's on the field or off the field and, and how to be a great coach and, and how to be an even better person. So, yeah, I just, I just think I'm so lucky to, uh, to have landed uh, on the same lacrosse paths as uh, Jen Adams for sure. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And you mentioned earlier when we were talking too how uh, professional women's lacrosse wasn't didn't exist back then. Um, then comes 2016, uh, United Women's Lacrosse League is launched, and you join as a member of the Baltimore Ride. And I, I believe Jen Adams was the coach at the time too. Um, correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, and then you eventually transitioned over to the WPLL with the Brave. Um, but you waited eight years for pro lacrosse. How does it feel now that it's a reality? And how do you think the WPLL can take the women's game to the next level? Yeah, it's it's incredible. For so many years, like athletes like Jen Adams not even having the chance to play professionally and world championships, don't get me wrong, are, are so amazing and, and so rewarding to represent your country. There's nothing better than that, but that only happens for us every four years. So you graduate college playing the best you've ever played, the fittest you've ever been, um, and then it all kind of stops and you have to wait a while to start training for world championships whenever those come around. So mm -hmm. the fact that we now have youth players, high school players, college players watching the professional league and thinking, what do I need to do in order to get drafted to play in that league? Um, and then you see players like Dempsey Arsenal, who just graduates from BC after an incredible season, go transition to the WPLL and luckily for me gets drafted to my team. Thank you, mm -hmm. Sonia. Can't thank her enough for, for making that pick, but has such an amazing season and wins a championship is named uh, league MVP. And, you know, if, if it wasn't for the WPLL, you know, Dempsey wouldn't have had that opportunity to inspire so many other girls to, to dream big and, and become a player like her. So we think, DJ, our, uh, our owner of our league, and, and Jen, our commissioner, for, for giving us this opportunity. It's something we don't take for granted. 
Yeah, no, it's great. Um, and that championship was phenomenal to watch. But yeah, let's get into some X's and O's a little bit. You finished the 2019 season third in the league in goals with 11, um, including a beautiful behind-the-back goal to start off that WPLL championship. Um, what was it like coming back, though, from that three-goal deficit in the fourth quarter to win the 2019 WPLL championship, especially after losing in the finals the previous year? Yeah, we had we had a great season the year before, and um, to go undefeated into that championship game and, and lose um, to the command was just so heartbreaking. Um, but we learned a lot as a team, and, and we definitely made the, the changes that we needed to make going forward into the next season, and we were all you know, playing with a huge chip on our shoulders with nothing to lose, which I think gave us that, that advantage over the fight for this year's championship game. Um, but that three-goal deficit, I don't think anyone wants to be down three goals in the championship game with the clock quickly ticking down. But mm-hmm. um, thankfully, Amanda Johansson, you know, played out of her mind and, and got his back back to tying it up, and, and we were able to get that game-winning goal. But uh, if, if anyone out there hasn't seen that championship game, it's, it's worth a watch because there was some incredible plays, but um, just the excitement leading up to, to that last and final second uh, was definitely worth, worth the ticket people bought to see that game. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's an exciting brand of lacrosse because we talk about, um, you know, obviously lacrosse, has a women's version, a men's version, but they're really completely different sports. Um, if you think about it, I know we're going to get into a little bit of how um, we kind of approach that internationally, but um, you know, the, it's so fast paced. Like people that aren't exposed to the women's game don't realize like how much faster the women's game is than the men's game. Cause the men, you know, they get into the six on six, they slow it down a little bit. I mean, women's game, it's up and down the field, back and forth. And that's how that game was. Um, again, like you mentioned, a phenomenal game. Uh, to have it on ESPNU, I believe, too, was great, you know, to have that televised. Um, so hopefully, you know, you guys get even more televised games next year. The athleticism um, in women's lacrosse right now at the professional level is is just outstanding. I mean, this these players are the best of the best, and, and they're training daily and, and holding down full-time jobs on top of that. But um, like you said, lacrosse is just booming right now. I don't think there's a, a better st- – Sport to be investing in as far as looking at TV exposure or, you know, how, how it's blowing up on, on social media. But the, the men's and the women's rules are, like you said, completely different. But I think for any lacrosse fan out there to be able to watch that level, you can just appreciate the athleticism, um, no matter if it is men's or women's. No, absolutely. I, I agree 100%. Um, and, you know, the, the stick skills apply in in both leagues and you know I mean like we mentioned you're behind the back passing I mean we'll get into a little bit too you have some stick skills uh, of your own like some stick tricks you like to do on your own too Um, but let's go back to what you mentioned about the international team because you're a member of the Canadian national team and you recently got to don the red and white again in the fall classic Uh, what's it been like playing for your country over the years and how was this year's fall classic yeah, you grow up and you just you're watching the Olympics or or you're watching World Championships in in whatever sport that you're playing as a little kid and you know that's the biggest dream is is to represent your country and for me to be able to to play for Team Canada as long as I have um I just feel so so grateful. Um I've met so many incredible people from around the world. I've been able to travel so many different countries around the world as well and um playing internationally you know, it's probably the most intense as far as nerve-wracking. So you're not only playing for your teammates or, or your school or your town, you're playing for your whole country. So mm-hmm. so the weight of that is pretty surreal. 
Um, my national team experience started 16 years ago, um, playing on the junior national team in, in 2003. And, and listeners out there, you're probably doing the math. How old is this lady? Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've definitely put in some time on the field, but um, my Team Canada experience actually started by by getting cut from the first U19 team I ever tried out for when I was 13 years old. So um, I had that that Michael Jordan moment where my heart was mm-hmm. broken and I got cut for the first time. And it would have been pretty easy for me to be like, all right, maybe lacrosse isn't my thing. I'll I'll just stick with ice hockey. But um, just something about lacrosse kept pulling me back. So um, I think getting cut that first time has, has led me to be able to have a, a long lasting career and just kind of given, given me so much that, that there's so much I need to give back now. Yeah, no, that's awesome. It's great that it didn't deter you and that you, you pushed forward. And now, you know, you're one of the best and notable ones in the game. Um, and sticking on this international theme, you're also a member of the World Lacrosse Athletes Commission, uh, which involves, you know, trying to create a form of lacrosse that other countries, particularly those with limited infrastructure, can adopt. So tell me about that and, you know, being on that commission and where do you see the game progressing five to ten years down the road? Yeah, our our main vision and, and our goal is, is to get lacrosse in the Olympics. And in order to do that, our, our sport needs to grow. Um, and looking at all the different disciplines, men's and women's, the different rules between rec and club and high school and college and pro, it, it can get very confusing to a country that's never played the sport. Um, and like I said, I, I've been, I've had so many incredible opportunities through the sport of lacrosse. So I want nothing more than to give those opportunities to young girls and young boys who right now don't have that opportunity. Um, so as part of the athletes commission, our, our main job is to represent those athletes who see a future in representing their countries and looking to figure out what are our roles and our objectives and and action plans in order to make their international experience the best it could possibly be. Um, And being the first group to do that, that, that's a lot of pressure and a lot of weight that we put on ourselves. But um, as athletes, we love that pressure. So we're very excited about the role and and thankful for the opportunity to, to represent the athletes around the world. And then going off of that, uh, onto the Olympic version and Olympic style. Number one, like harmonizing men's and women's lacrosse. And, and you said it, you said it earlier, just, you know, they are two totally different sports. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you want to start uh, playing in your town or, or for your country too, that's confusing to someone who's looking to coach both the men's and the women's uh, mm-hmm. team. So let's harmonize those and, and make them really easy rules. And, and more importantly, such a fun version of lacrosse and the aspects that we all love for the men's and the women's sides. And, you know, let's roll that all up and, and take it around the world and, and give kids a chance to play who don't have that chance right now. No, absolutely. And I think too, you hit the nail on the head too. It's a, it's a different brand of lacrosse, but it's still lacrosse and it's an exciting version. And I think a lot of people have problems with um, this proposed, you know, six on six version of the game, but they're kind of missing the point that this is to really grow the game. And if we want to see, lacrosse really grow as we we all say we want to do um you need to accommodate some of these countries so is that one of the hurdles i i think that we need to overcome is just yeah. the people's perception that it's not really their brand of lacrosse but you know i, I don't know what, what are your thoughts on that yeah i think i think we as a, a lacrosse community need to think outside our own 
you know, whether it's our own province or state or country, um, and think about those athletes out there right now who are picking up lacrosse sticks and think, well, why aren't they? And how can we mm-hmm. get those sticks in their hands? Um, and stop comparing Olympic lacrosse to box lacrosse or mm-hmm. college lacrosse or pro lacrosse because it is not. It's its own version. Mm-hmm. It's an Olympic style. Um, and that style is, is going to put our athletes on the podium with medals around their necks. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So I think, I think yeah, just having a better perspective, a global perspective, as well as stop comparing it to what you know right now and, and just know that, you know, it's still a traditional stick and ball game um, and it's lacrosse we love and, and not every athlete, every position is going to be able to play that discipline. But in my opinion, I don't think that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And um, with the smaller roster sizes, there's, it's twofold. You get, uh, you know, the ability for some of these countries that can't field a full, you know, 10 on 10 squad or 12 or 12 squad to be able to do that. Um, and then, you know, you also, like you said, you get the cream of the crop that are going to be representing, you know, these countries that do have uh, the players to send. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's great what the World Lacrosse is doing. And uh, I'm excited to see, you know, hopefully lacrosse in the Olympics uh, pretty soon here. Yeah. Put it on the vision board, everyone. We're, we're going to make it happen. Yeah, I'm excited. I'll be watching it closely. Um, I want to get back real quick to the WPLL um, this summer. We saw a lot of you on social media for the WPLL's Live Like a Pro series. A lot of your stick skills and your fun stick tricks, where did you develop those stick tricks? You know, is that just you experimenting at home? Or like you mentioned, your older brother, did he kind of, you know, help you with that? Um, and how do you think the WPLL did this summer spotlighting your fellow WPLL athletes? Yeah, you know, I grew up in the backyard playing um, at any point, whether that was before school or after school on the weekends. You know, we were making up our own small-sided versions of the sport, playing one-on-one with my brother, um, and he's also very creative style of play as well. But I have to say my, my dad has coached me my entire life, um, and he just brings such a fun aspect to practice and training. And I don't think growing up I ever thought, like, oh, I have to go to practice or oh, I got to go in the backyard and get my reps in. I just looked at it as just like playing and having an absolute blast. And, mm-hmm. you know, my dad was always someone that was like, as long as your sticks in your hand and you're having fun with it, like that's the best practice in the world that you could ever have. So, you know, he was always kind of messing around and showing me stick tricks and then trying to get me to combo those up with other stick tricks. And, and really with the goal being your sticks should be an extension of your hand. So mm-hmm. if you can kind of, throw these stick tricks and, and make these combinations that are pretty difficult look smooth, um, then actually playing, passing, and catching will be the easy part come game day. Um, so I have to say my dad was definitely a huge influence uh, in the stick trick world uh, for sure. He can kick my butt still. So, <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Uh, well, that kind of wraps up our main questions. We're going to take a quick break, hear a word from our sponsor, and then we'll get into our five and five segment. Today's show is being brought to you in part by Stitcher Premium. You can use Stitcher Premium to listen to shows ad-free such as Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, My Favorite Murder, Wolverine the Lost Trail, or our favorite, The Fantasy Footballers. For only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year, you get access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, and comedy albums. Better yet, if you go over to stitcher.com premium and use the promo code lacrosse today, you can get one month free. So head on over to Stitcher, 
Sign up and get your free trial today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, so welcome back. Uh, now we're going to dive into our five and five segment. So, Dana, my first question for you is lacrosse related, and it's going to be: What are some pregame superstitions or routines that you have? Yeah, I'm I'm like not really someone who is very specific and like super organized off the field. Um, but my like my stick bag and my backpack has to be like completely sorted with everything you can possibly need. My teammates like just crack up with me. If someone needs scissors, I have them. If they need tape, mm-hmm. I've got that. Um, if we need a playlist and a speaker, I've got that too. So uh, that's definitely a pregame ritual. I need my bags packed the night before a game to make sure that like I have everything in order and everything the team could possibly uh, need is, is set in my backpack. Awesome. So you're the team stick doctor, essentially. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like tape pre-wrap, band-aids, um, whatever someone needs, I definitely have it. I get these like pre-game nightmares where I, I'm I'm getting to the field and like I don't have my mouth guard or I've gotten to the field and like I don't have my stick. Um, so I think that's why I'm so like so particular in making sure that I have everything the night before so I can just sleep soundly and be ready for the game. That's awesome. Um, well, you kind of mentioned – Kind of lead into my second question a little bit when you mentioned the game day playlist. Uh, what is one of your top songs on your game day playlist? I'm a big time dancer in the locker room. So um, if it's Team Canada games, we have a Canadian only playlist. So, you know, Beaver is definitely on that. Mm-hmm. Avril Lavigne, Brian Adams, a little bit of, of everything there. Um, just on my regular playlist. I like I like any and all music, so it definitely is a a mix and a a mix and a mashup for sure. I like a good remix as well. So okay. oh, hard to give you hard to give you one song. Oh, I'll go I'll go Young Blood probably. That was okay. that was a big time lacrosse song for me this summer. Um, it's kind of it's one of those that it doesn't get you too high too quickly and doesn't get you you know too mellowed out. It's kind of a good in between. So yeah, I like a good I like a good rock mix in there which is uh, on the Canadian playlist. We have quite a few Nickelback songs, so i got to gotcha. give those guys a shout-out. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, well, number three is, who was a player that you looked up to and tried to mimic when you were a young player? Growing up was, was definitely my dad and my brother, just because um, dating myself again, but no social media and, and Internet really wasn't, really wasn't a thing. YouTube didn't exist, so mm-hmm. if it was really people you played with or, or people who were you above, above you. Um, and then when I, I learned that women's across was even a thing, I was about 14 years old, um, 13 and 14 when I started playing or started trying out for team Canada, the U19 team. And uh, once I kind of got introduced to, to that, it was really learning about Jen Adams and the Terps and, and their whole team and, and able to follow Jen throughout her career and, um, also watch her play internationally. So from the women's side, it, it would have been Jen Adams growing up. That's great. It's an awesome person to aspire to, and it's great that you're now you know coaching with her at Loyola. 
I know. I wish some of her magic would, would rub off on me and I'd be <laughs> able to score like seven goals a game and, and win national and world championships. But that hasn't happened yet. Still waiting for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I, I, I think you're doing, doing just fine just yeah, watching you play. You play if you but... play long enough, uh, hopefully, hopefully you'll win those championships. <laughs> That's great. Uh, well, number four is what is your current lacrosse stick set up in terms of shaft, head, and stringing? I know some of uh, the players in the WPL were going to the mesh um, now that it's allowed. So are you rocking any of the mesh? Or are you more of the traditional strong? Yeah, I, I'm more traditional. So I've I've got four levels. Um, I have a Brian Dynasty stick strung up, and I've actually used the same pocket for the past three three lacrosse seasons. I just take it out and implant it and put in a new Dynasty um, brine head. But I'm very, very particular about my stick, and um, I I like the I like mesh and and I like the warp too. But um, something about being able to you know, get your pocket and your leathers exactly where you want them. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's my setup. Awesome. And then number five, the last of the lacrosse questions is, what has been your favorite venue to play lacrosse at? I know there's probably a lot on your list. I got to go with, we played um, a world championship in the Oshawa Civic Center uh, to a pretty packed packed house, uh, home crowd to to play um in that world championship so i have to say that was definitely my favorite because playing internationally in front of a home crowd um there was nothing like that in night game too was was spectacular awesome well that's uh those are our lacrosse questions uh now i'm going to get into five just off the field questions and the first one i'll start out with is who's your favorite non-lacrosse athlete to watch that's such a good question serena williams I mean, I love tennis. I, I cannot serve to save my life. I would like to think after after I'm done playing, maybe I'll, I'll pick up tennis, but I just hit the ball too hard and it doesn't even go close to where it needs to. But I just think she's such an incredible female athlete and what she's been able to do in tennis and, and just for female athletes in general, um, she's such an incredible role model. No, I agree. I wonder what position she would uh, be on the field if she ever picked up a lacrosse stick. She'd be a force for sure. Oh, yeah, I'm putting her center midfield. I don't think she's going to lose draw control. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, number two, what are some hobbies or activities you enjoy doing when you're not on the lacrosse field? I, I love drawing and painting. Um, I also love playing music, like playing the drums and the guitar with my brother. Um, I'm big into uh, reading, reading as well, but more so like mental toughness books or – um, just like self-help books. I know that sounds like kind of cheesy, but um, I just love like the positive psychology side of things and, and kind of looking at, you know, personalities and how you can be a better person, better mentor, better leader. Um, so yeah, lots of, and I love dancing. I love going out dancing, playing music and, and dancing to music or listening to it. I, I like, feel like I live in a, a soundtrack. I always have music around. Awesome. Well, that kind of leads into my next question with the the reading is, uh, what's a book on your bookshelf that you've read or are reading right now that you'd recommend to a teammate or a friend? I'm currently reading um, a book right now on 
it's just a, a bunch of different journals and, and research studies on, on mental toughness that, that have been really, really interesting. And I would say the one book that has influenced me the most um, that my dad actually had me read when I was about 13 years old was How to Win Friends and Influence People. Definitely. And it's just a, yeah, it's just a great look and, and a great perspective on, on how to interact and how to communicate and, and how to look outside of your own personal agenda. So I think that book definitely shaped who I am and, and more importantly, who I still want to be. Yeah, no, I remember I read that book uh, a few years ago. My dad gave it to me. It's a good, like you said, it's a good, um, not just like a business book, but, you know, a good like self-help. Um, just, again, it's it's things that you can apply to everything in your life, whether it's athletics or, you know, your job, you know, coaching, anything really. So, um, you know, that's a, definitely a good one. We always get some good answers from that question. Yeah, and I think, too, when we live in a society, and I don't think it's a bad thing, but a society where we don't really overly communicate to just, you know, being able to take those life lessons and those practices out of that book and, and really look to apply them um, is such a, a good thing to do. So if anyone out there hasn't read it, definitely pick it up and, and give it a good read. Awesome. Uh, well, my next question then is going to be, what is your ideal vacation? I'm guessing maybe it involves going dancing somewhere or <laughs> there better be dancing. Um, I love to just get to the ocean, um, or the lake. My ideal vacation right now is to get home to Canada. Um, I have a house back home, uh, close to Lake Erie. So it's really close to the lake. And my brother lives about 30 minutes away from there with three of my little nieces. So my ideal vacation is to go home and just bring them to the lake and, and just enjoy that family time. But if you were to ask me before the nieces came, what I would do, it would be get to an ocean, get to the beach and just lay out and play like cornhole or play catch and just enjoy the, the water and the sun and, and get rid of my lacrosse tan. Awesome. Yeah, no, I'm a big beach guy and there's nothing like, you know, having a nice catch on the beach uh, you know, just me and my cousins tend to do, I have such, so many relatives that we tend to have like actual like games. Uh, we'll get like the small little like box size nets That's awesome. and we'll just go out there and, you know, just pass it around and have, it gets a little heated sometimes because we're a competitive family, but it, it's fun. One of my dad and my, um, one of the things we love to do when I go home is we do coffee and a catch by the lake. So we get up early, we watch the sunrise and, and have a little catch and enjoy our coffee. And, you know, it's a pretty, pretty special way to start the day. That's awesome. No, I, I like that. I mean, it is the medicine game, you know, it's, it's meant to, to ease the pains of life. So I, I like that. That's a nice little ritual you guys have. Well, my final question then is going to be, uh, what is your favorite meal and do you prefer to dine out, take out or cook at home? I love a grilled salmon um mixed vegetables and um either just like some sweet potato fries we don't really do those that much in canada it's like one of my favorite things about america mm -hmm. sweet potato fries or some mashed potatoes but yeah nice little balanced meal but that's that's what i like to eat as my pregame meal the night before as well awesome great well that wraps up our five and five segment but i usually like to end on one question uh, final question, which is, what is some advice that you have for a young player looking to one day play lacrosse professionally? Yeah, it's such a it's such a great question, and and I always go back to one of my favorite quotes: "If it's important to you, you'll find a way, and if not, you'll find an excuse." And you know, I think the easy way out is, is to find excuses, and, and the hardest thing to do is is to de dig deep and um, figure out what you need to do and and make it happen. But 
with all of that and with all the stress of getting recruited or, you know, making the number one team into the two team, um, just enjoy it. Enjoy playing, enjoy your friends, enjoy your teammates, um, and find the fun in, in the parts of the game that you might be frustrated in um, and enjoy that process of just improving. Um, and another part, I think, of sports, too, we, we look and compare compare ourselves to so many other people, whether that's on social media or on our team or, or whatever it may be, and just focus on being the best version of yourself. Um, and if you can do that, you're going to be really successful and you're going to meet some amazing people along the way as well. No, I, I think that's some great advice, especially, you know, now that we talk about how, um, you know, people get burnt out by sports um, so if you don't have a passion for it, it's, it's hard to, to, you know, keep, keep going. So I think, you know, like you said, just find what you love and continue to do that. That's some, some great advice. Well, Dana, this has been great. Uh, where can people find you on social media? Uh, they can find me at, uh, at DD number two and then seven spelt out. Um, you can hit me up on Instagram or Twitter. And yeah, that would be awesome. If anyone's any questions of, of what we talked about or anything like that, just hit me with a DM and um, love just to, to spread my experience and, and the sport of lacrosse and, and to offer that up to as many people as possible. No, yeah, I think that's great. And we, we appreciate like people like you being ambassadors to the sport. Um, congrats again on a terrific season with the Brave and best of luck, you know, with Loyal this spring and then next season in the WPLL. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me, and uh, I look forward to, to catching the next person that's on this podcast and, and listening to that. Awesome. Yeah, no, we, ha- we have a lot of uh, guests coming up um, that we're looking forward to, um, and you know, hopefully we'll have some, some of your fellow D- WPLL uh, teammates and uh, opponents on this podcast coming up soon. But uh, yeah, thank you so much, Dana. We really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. So you just heard our interview with Dana Doby. Um, we really appreciate Dana coming on, especially talking about not only the WPLL, but where the game is going internationally. We wish her the best of luck going into Loyola season this spring, and we can't wait to watch her again with the Brave next season for the WPLL. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please feel free to reach out, let us know, uh, give us a review on Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, um, and we hope you tune in next time to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today's show is being brought to you in part by Stitcher Premium. You can use Stitcher Premium to listen to shows ad-free such as Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, My Favorite Murder, Wolverine the Lost Trail, or our favorite, The Fantasy Footballers. For only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year, you get access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, and comedy albums. Better yet, if you go over to stitcher.com premium and use the promo code lacrosse today, you can get one month free. So head on over to Stitcher, sign up, and get your free trial today.